Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. And forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Welcome to Church at Home. As always, it is such a privilege to welcome you, to minister with you, to pray with you as we spend time together in the Word of God. Once again, here in South Africa, lockdown. Lockdown, which initially was 21 days, and we headed towards a year and a half. And as lockdown has escalated, I know for many of us, there have been a variety of different emotions and feelings and thoughts. For some of us, our livelihoods are at stake. Others, ourselves, are grappling with severe illness, while yet others are mourning the loss of a loved one, coming to terms with the reality of death and eternity. Whatever state you may find yourself in in lockdown, however you may be relating to lockdown, I know that there's a cry in all of our hearts, a yearning in all of our hearts for what is God saying to us in this time? What should our response be? How should we as believers, as Christians, respond? This time of lockdown just as any other time, is a great opportunity for us to examine our faith, to ask if we really believe. Do we believe that the same God who split the sea for Moses can still do it today? The God who stopped the sun and even moved the sun back for Joshua, the God who closed the lion's mouths for Daniel, the God who multiplied the widow's oil, the God who calmed the storm for the disciples, the God who healed the sick, who raised the dead, who defeated the very power of death. Do we believe that he could truly do it again? And if we did believe that, how would that inform our actions? How would we change? How would you and I live our lives differently in a state of lockdown tomorrow if we truly believed? And so the question, how should the church respond? How should you respond? How should I respond? How should we as a community of believers respond? However you and I choose to respond, whatever our response may be, I know that it should not be a response that is born out of frustration, a response that is born out of anger, a response that is not birthed from the presence of God. We know that the wrath of man does not accomplish the righteousness of God. And there are many things to be angry about. Angry about how Government has dealt with this whole situation. It has not been perfect. It could be so much better. But our response should not be one of human anger, but one inspired by the Holy Spirit. We should also be careful not to do what people want us to do, what the sound around us is telling us to do, what the voice of the city is saying we should do. We should be sensitive to what is the voice of the Spirit leading us to do. How would we respond? How would Jesus respond 
in a situation like this. There have been talks, suggestions of civil disobedience, of protest on the one hand, on the other hand of lending assistance, the vaccine rollout as an example. We know there are some challenges with that and we are engaging to find out about opportunities perhaps to volunteer over weekends or off days at the vaccination centers to lend a hand to be able to speed up the process. On the one hand, we can complain and there is much that we can be upset about. On the other hand, we can say, how can we help to build? How can we as Christians be constructive, be the light of the world? And there's a whole spectrum in between that. And we should pray into that and ask the Holy Spirit, what is an appropriate response? I also believe a suggestion for an appropriate response. How about we pray? How about you and I as believers, as people who believe that God who stopped the sun for Joshua, who moved or split open the sea for Moses, the God who heals the sick, that he can and still wants to do it today. And that you and I have within us the ability, the capacity to move the hand and the heart of God. That if you and I truly believe that our prayer changes things, what if we began to pray? What if we were to say, Lord, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done. Surely if Jesus instructs us that we should pray thy kingdom come and thy will be done, that there is power to that, that it's not just a ceremonial prayer. We're not only praying because it will happen anyway, even if we don't pray. But maybe in the world around us, in the midst of the pandemic, in my life, in your life, in the lives of our friends and colleagues and neighbors, God's will is not being done. And a great place to start is to engage with the power of prayer. James 5 verse 13 instructs us, says, If any of you are suffering hardships, you should pray. And I know many of us are in lockdown or suffering hardship. Many of us are going through a variety of challenges. Many of us are wrestling with so many questions about life. How about we pray? We should pray, Scripture says. You should pray. I should pray. Collectively, we should be praying. There are three areas that I believe we should be praying. And as I share this, I know it is so, so simple, but something that I've so come to enjoy about God is often when we are wrestling with the most complex of questions, it is the simplicity of the gospel that brings clarity. It is often when we are looking for the most deep and complex answers that we found the profound in the simplicity of the gospel. That we find that when we embrace the simple things that God holds before us, that we don't have to be rocket scientists to change the world. We simply have to be a people of faith. And so as I share these three areas that we should pray for, I know that they are incredibly simple, almost too simple. But I also know that if we engage with these three areas, something powerful will happen within our lives, within our nation and the nations. Three places that I want to suggest that you and I, in this time of lockdown, especially at all times, but especially in this time of lockdown, give attention to praying for. The first one, pray for yourself. We read in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 to 7, do not worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live 
in Christ Jesus. What a beautifully encouraging passage. Don't worry about anything. I know that in this time of lockdown, since coronavirus has started, there have been so many worries in many hearts, fears that have gotten hold of us, fears that I believe God would have us overcome by faith, by the power of His love, knowing that His perfect love casts out all fear, and knowing that we don't have to worry about anything, but we should pray about everything. There where you are, start praying about those things in your life. Pray about your fears. Pray about your worries. I am yet to meet the person who said, I am so sorry that I prayed about it. I regret praying about that issue. We never regret our prayer. You will never regret your prayer. In the same way as you are praying for yourself, do not be ashamed or afraid or hesitant to ask others to pray for you. Put your hand up. Say, Please pray with me in your small group, in your church environment. Contact those whom you love and trust. Say, will you pray with me? Will you pray for me? I am going through A, B, and C. I'm worried about my children. I'm worried about their education. I'm worried about my work situation. I'm worried about the people around me who are sick. Will you pray with me? Do not be afraid to ask others to pray. You were never meant to walk the Christian life alone. God created us as social, as communal beings. And that, of course, is one of the big challenges in a time of lockdown is that we are required to be physically distant from one another. But in the midst of the physical distance, make a specific concerted effort and say, I want to draw near to the people around me, whether through phone calls, electronically, whether meeting up at maintaining social distancing, praying together and saying, let us remain safe physically but also let us remain safe spiritually and mentally. If you have no one to ask for prayer, I would love to pray with you. I know our staff would love to pray with you. And you can, at the bottom of this message, in the comment section, drop your prayer request. We would love to pray with you. If you have our contact details, feel free to send us an email or WhatsApp, Telegram, whatever it may be, an Instagram message. We want to pray with you. We want to trust God that that what he did for Moses, that which he has done through the ages for thousands of others, he can do and work in your life too. I believe in the power of prayer. I don't believe so much in the power of my prayer, but I believe in the power of prayer. I believe in the power of God who answers that prayer. And whether it's you praying or whether it's me praying, I know God is listening. And I'd love to pray with you, whatever you may be going through. The second thing that I believe we should pay attention to praying for within the state we find ourselves in is to pray for others. Galatians chapter 6 verse 2 from the Christian Standard Bible says, Carry one another's burdens. In this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. Carry one another's burdens. I believe one of the most profound ways in which we can carry one another's burdens is through prayer to uphold one another, to lift one another up in in prayer, to pray for one another, to bring others' needs, their requests, their struggles before God the Father. I want to encourage you to offer to pray for others, whether it be by an individual invitation, walking up to somebody, messaging them, asking them, saying, listen, I would like to pray for you, or a more generic invitation, perhaps on a Telegram group or a WhatsApp story, whatever it may be, 
to say, listen, I want to pray with you guys. Feel free to send me a message and it'll be my joy to pray with you that the hand of God would move upon your life. James chapter 5, verses 16 to 18 says to us, confess your sins to each other. That's such an important part, the accountability. And it's so hard to do that outside of a relationship. One of the reasons why, as I mentioned earlier, we were called to follow God communally. So we can confess our sins to one another, but also pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Elijah was as human as we are. And yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. Then when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain and the earth began to yield its crops. Elijah was a man just like you and just like me. A human being who understood something about the power of his prayer, not because his prayer is powerful, but because his God is powerful. Because he was willing to pray to a living, listening, moving God. When he prayed, God answered his prayer. What if you and I were to begin to pray for those around us? What if we were to carry their burdens? If we were to pray for each other, perhaps so they may be healed, perhaps so that they may be restored, so that they may have breakthrough, so that God would answer in the midst of their situation, whatever it may be. Let us be a people who prays for others. For those who are part of our church family, we've sent out and we'll continue to send out just some media, some tools to help you with this. Things that you can post on your social media, beautiful images, just to help with the invitation to say to others, I want to pray with you. Have the liberty to use them however you feel fit. And then thirdly, firstly, we're praying for ourselves. Secondly, we're praying for others, for our neighbors, for our colleagues, for our friends. And thirdly, we are praying for those who hurt us. We are praying for those who oppose us. We are praying for those who in some way, perhaps in our career, perhaps in our relationships, perhaps just in life, they are our stumbling blocks. They are the ones who who make it hard for us. I wish to suggest that perhaps we should spend more time praying for our government, especially if you're not in favor of our government, especially if you're critical of your government, especially if you feel that somehow the government is not dealing with the current situation appropriately. We should be praying for them. If you believe that perhaps the government is out to get you, to get us as Christians, whatever it may be, I believe the Bible would help before us. Before we do anything else, we pray for them. Luke chapter 6, verses 27 and 28. But to you who are willing to listen, I hope and pray today that I am willing to listen, that you would be willing to listen. I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. I've come to love, just the counterculturalness of the gospel. At first, it was so hard for me to embrace the gospel where the gospel intersected with culture, where the gospel was different with culture, where the gospel put a stop sign against the cultural norms. But I've learned to love that. I've learned to embrace that. And we live in a a time of cancel culture, a time when somebody hurts us, when somebody does something we don't agree with, when somebody wrongs us. It's about canceling them, finishing them, writing them off, moving whatever we have at our disposal against them. 
And yet Jesus says, in those times, bless those who curse you. Don't counsel them. Don't finish them. Bless them. Pray for them. Hope for them to prosper. Not to prove a point. Not so that we can publicly say, oh, I'm praying for my enemies. No, but because we have a genuine desire in our heart that God wants the best for them, just as he wants for you and for me. We don't want to pray for our enemies to prove a point. We want to pray for our enemies because at some stage, you and I were enemies of Christ and he prayed for us. He died for us. He paid the full price of our redemption. And what greater opportunity than to invite others, even through prayer, into that. Let us as a church, let us as believers, let us as followers of Christ respond to whatever situation we may find ourselves in today by praying for ourselves and our circumstances, by praying for those around us and praying for those who are out to hurt us. Let us not seek vengeance, as Scripture says. Let's know that vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Let us seek redemption. Let us seek healing. Let us seek restoration. I would love to pray for us together, all of us, as we close today. Lord Jesus, thank you today for your abundant goodness. Thank you for your grace. Thank you, God, that we can pray because you have made a way. Jesus, thank you that we can pray because you descended from heaven to earth and you defeated the power of death. Thank you that we can pray just like Elijah, who was a man, and you answered, and Joshua, who was caught in a tight situation, and you had the sun stand still. The widow who I mentioned earlier, Lord, she was right at her very end, God, and you multiplied her oil to provide for her. And so, Father, I don't know where every listener is at their life right now. I don't know what they are going through, Jesus, but you do. And I pray, Jesus, would you move in their life right now? Would you shine your light in their life, Lord God? Would you cause your goodness, Lord, to manifest? Would you cause them to see something of the power of a living God within their lives right now in Jesus' name? God, would you make a way where there seems to be no way? And God, for all of us as believers, I pray that we would grow in our faith towards you, that we would grow in our faith in the power of our prayer because we are praying to a God who hears. And that as we pray for ourselves, we pray for the people around us, we pray for our enemies, that God, we know you would answer those prayers in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today, for spending this time together. God bless you. Have a fantastic week. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Christian Church. We believe that you enjoyed your time with us, establishing God's kingdom and His glory in your life. For more info, call us on 012-362-1363. Email us, pretoria at shofaronline.org. Browse our website, www.shofaronline.org. Or like us on facebook.com forward slash Pretoria.